Hey, what up, though? I'm your boy, Chill B, and this is the Chill Bavado Podcast, where I bring you a series called Laker 82-16, where we cover the grind of an 82-game season with the win total of 16 is how you get the championship in the end. But we're in off-season mode. We're almost in training camp mode. But right now, the talk of the town is obviously now that the Nets thing is over, it's all about the Lakers, as it should be. The Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers. It's all we talk about now. Pat Bev is now a Laker. And I want to talk about a, a certain topic that I've always heard. And I used to even say, but then the more and more I got older, the more and more I started to push back and think about why do we always have to talk about that quote? Hey, he got that dog in him. Oh, he got that dog in him. Yeah. And Pat Bev, oh, he got that dog in him. Oh, Russell Westbrook, before last season, was praised for having that dog in him. So I'm going to get back to that. We're going to talk about that dog and my misconceptions of that quote about having that dog in him. And who cares if you have that dog in him and how much I've grown to hate the phrase, that dog in him. So I'll be right back. Hey, I'm going to let you know right now, when you listen to this podcast, just know I got that dog in me too. All right, we are back. Of course, we've had the Pat Bev press conference. You know, a little mini release. You know, he's going around there. We seen him and Wes, um, um, Russ get together and, and give him like the little church hug. Uh, that's pretty funny. I think that's cool. You know, you got, and I love that the quote that Pat Bev said that we got to have some tough conversations eventually. I love that. Not not being funny, I really do love that because you know the, the they've been painting this picture. Oh, they there's no way they can play together because they got history. They got real beef. Uh, it's on site, you know. Russ and Russ ain't fought nobody ever in the league. So calm down. Like I don't think it's to the point where you're gonna throw blows. And if they do, it'll probably be in the locker room. And if but if they do throw blows and we find out this beef is just un, you know, no reconciliation is even in the. In the process or looks now i mean we'll take that drama as to get here but right now calm down you know pat bev talks a lot he, he's doing the villain like I, it was years ago where i really couldn't stand pat bev but then i started to think about it like i i always you know used to leave the entertainment value out of sports and thinking that it's just hey, this is serious business we got to get out here and perform and we got to make our money and we got to blah, blah, blah. You know, then I start thinking about it. This is all entertainment value because when you turn on the ESPNs, the Fox News, all your sports coverage, they're not talking about X's and O's. They're not talking about, um, you know, old buddy didn't tag a big roll to the basket. So that gave up that lob or um, a guy, you know, di didn't pay attention to a defensive assignment. No, we talk about, you know, the storylines and narratives, the big stars. You know, we're not talking about the Orlando Magic. It, you know, that's bad basketball right there. You know, you know, we we tend to talk about the stars. We tend to talk about the drama and the narrative. So right now, Pat Bev and Russ is a great narrative. Oh, yeah, AD's health is a great narrative. LeBron James in year 20 is a great narrative. LeBron James being the GOAT is a great narrative. You see where I'm going with this? Darvin Hans, year one coach of the Lakers, say he can use Russell Westbrook and Pat Bev together is a narrative. So the narratives drive the sports media entertainment segment. And I'm, I'm not mad at it, but I'm also upset with the fan base because we tend to take these things and not only do we embrace them, we argue it, 
we rinse and repeat it. We don't have a, uh, an opinion of our own. And in, in any time we do have an opinion, it sounds like, um, hate. you know, like I really don't understand why if you hate the NBA game style and the players, you know, entitlement so much, why do you still watch? And if you don't watch, why do you still comment? And if you're not commenting, but you just frowning upon that generation, hey, man, I'd rather you do that than, to, than just don't talk at all. Right? And if you want to bring up the old days, go back and watch Hardwood Classics. I'm, I promise you, nine times out of ten, the old head that's complaining about today's game and wanted to go back to the old way, they are not watching the Hardwood Classic game. Go watch the Supersonics play against Utah. I just seen it on TV from the year 2000. You know, I, I, I'm just saying, like, it's other ways around it. But you know what? You know what guys like to talk about? It's throwback type of players or those players who play with tenacity and they play with a certain aggression and they, quote, have that dog in them. All right. And Pat Bev, who ironically has been labeled as having that dog in him, but people still don't like him. And I was one of them. And I wonder why. If you want people to have that dog in them, but then you have that and you don't like them. Okay. Oh, they talk too much. Oh, he ain't as good. He ain't all that. He ain't no star. He ain't that good. Draymond Green, four-time champion now. Oh, I'm pretty sure if you asked around, he got that dog in him. But his mouth runs. He talks a lot. He has a podcast during those finals. <laughs> what? So... Fans don't like that if you're not a fan of the Golden State Warriors or you're not a fan of someone who just talks to big talk or if he played for Detroit, he wouldn't be nowhere near as good as he is. He isn't good. He's riding the coat. You take him away from Steph and Clay and see what he does type of narrative. And, you know, it's funny. But then when we look at our old guys, Iverson, you know what I'm saying, Zach Randolph and all these guys, you know, Tony, you know Tony Allen, um, you know, and then um, even on the football side, I think it said more, but um, in, on the Pivot podcast and I Am Athlete, you hear these guys, Sean McCoy and Channing, hey man, he a dog now, he a dog, right? In football, apparently there's like, you know, a high percentage of dogs in the NFL and it, it, it it's becoming very annoying because in football, it's to me like that doesn't matter, you know? You can have all the dogs you want, but then a lot of them dogs you naming, either they're they're on a great team, so it's easy to be a dog, or they're on a bad team, but they, they ball out individually. And, you know, it's just weird in football to me because apparently it's a lot of dogs. You know, so that it, it, when you oversaturate that word and that lane, they don't really stick out. You know what I'm saying? So and then it just comes down to can you get to the quarterback? Can you protect the quarterback? If you got a dog or two on that team, then you're probably going to be all right. But back to basketball. Having a dog on a basketball court is hilarious to me. Oh, he a dog. Because nobody defines it. So if Russ was once a dog, and then Russ gets on the Lakers, and all of a sudden he becomes a a, a terrible teammate, non, can't fit, can't win with him. Oh, he's never won. People call him a dog for years. So the year Ke- um, Kevin Durant left, he was a dog because he won the MVP and he triple-double man. Oh, man, he a dog. You see what I'm saying? It gets to that point. And then, you know, then you look at Pat Bev, who, quote, is a dog, you know, and he's still, and now we're making fun of, oh, he ain't went to the finals. He ain't won nothing. He made it to the playoffs. He can't, because he made the quote about, you know, AD and LeBron are joining and playing with him because they didn't make it to the playoffs last year. 
I mean, this is just Pat Bev's way of talking. Now, you know, you got guys out there like Swagoo and, you know, and you know, Kendrick Perkins probably gonna say something slick. But these guys, you know, they, they criticize him for, quote, being a dog. But we all have heard people say he got that dog in me. So how much I've grown to and hate that word and that phrase? A lot. Okay. And then I ask, who cares if you're a dog? If you're a dog on a team where you don't fit and your skill set doesn't matter, I don't see the point of you being that dog needs to move. That dog needs to be put away. That dog needs to be set free to go wherever he wants. And the misconception of a dog to me, uh, having a quote dog mentality doesn't equate to wins. So that's my take on it. I don't understand. I don't see the point. I'm just looking at it from afar. And I'm saying, if you're continually calling somebody a dog and then, you know, you, you kind of, misconceptionizing it and you're saying oh I like him because he reminds me of the old era or he's tough and all this and that and, and then you'll criticize and saying like AD, LeBron um, Kyrie you know KD, these guys are not dogs, they, they're they just you know but I, I, it's just weird to me now like don't don't bring up the dog conversation to me because you have to explain to me what your definition of a dog is okay so when we get back and now that we've got my point of view on that dog in them, because I know we don't do stuff like this and go on rants, but I'm just really sick and tired of it. And we're going to talk about Pat Bev. And then I'm going to once again talk about the Hulu Legacy um, series going on because that, that tends to be what gets my dog going. You know what I'm saying? I get that dog in me when I look at the 80s. And now we're already up to the 90s and Kobe just been drafted and Shaq just got landed. So we'll be right back. All right, we're back, and um, just to calm down, uh, calm down a little bit. Uh, Pat Bev and Russ being on the court at the same time, Darvin Ham has plans of playing them together. I don't, I'm not really a fan of them starting together. I don't really know how I, I feel about them playing long lengths of minutes together either. But I do see a lot of where you can play that, you know, that t- that tag team in your backcourt together. But you know how I am about smaller guards. You know, Russ being 6'3", 6'4", um, Pat being 6'6", six 6'1", six um, I definitely can see an energy level there that you can bring and in a, in a certain type of just impact. Um, I, I'll be curious to see how Pat Bev can affect not only, you know, the team as, while he's on the court with his energy, but also, like, what would a Pat Bev-Russ you know, tag team of energy being like, like if that was to click together and they both were able to lock in and like, they just really bring out the best in each other. What would that look like for a 10 to 15 minute stretch? Curious, curious to see. Um, but I don't really know how long term that would work as far as in a game. So I wouldn't want to see that for long lengthy minutes because I'm still not sure Pat Bev even is in your closing lineup. Him starting is fine with me, but I don't know about him in your closing lineup because I've I've never really seen him close a lot of games um, in years past. I've never really seen him do that. Um, I've seen him have, you know, pivotal moments, especially with the Clippers. But I don't recall him being a guy who really closes games because he's not a guy you, you put in there to, you know, handle the basketball. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm curious to see how that works because right now I'm just going to assume Russ is on the team 
until something goes through right now, Russ is on the team. I'm tired of, you know, the back and forth. I want to do on roster breakdowns and how I feel about it, but the Lakers are like frustrating me to the point because I just want to know who the team's going to be. But right now, I've just kind of settled it in. And if something happens, I'll change my views. But right now, this is our team. And when I look at our team right now as constructed, I feel like if we make the playoffs, a lot of things have to go right. A lot of things have to go right. Just not not to be a top seed, but just to make it. Like, it'll be a struggle because we have too many unknowns. We don't know what Troy Brown Jr. is going to bring. We don't know what JTA is going to bring. We don't know how Thomas Bryant and Damian Jones is going to, you know, play aside AD. Although that's more, I'm more confident about that. We don't know what type of minutes that Russ would get in the lineup closing. Um, we don't know what Pat Bev, his minutes because he's never played like huge minutes in, in his career. He, he doesn't play for, you know, 35 minutes a game. It's not him. So that was, that's what kind of questions me about him being a closer. Oh, yeah, it's just a lot, man. I don't know. Um, Lonnie Walker, we don't know exactly what we're going to get from him. Uh, is that, you know, so this roster is really still a big question mark. And Pat Bev doesn't answer a lot of questions. But if he's the first of another domino that falls in and moves the needle for us as far as trade then I'm okay I, I then I can really set in but as of right now man I don't really know how this works but I'm stubborn enough to say Darvin Ham says he has a plan he's confident he's he's won me over this man has you know the voice of a preacher man I feel like I would run through a brick wall for him so I know other guys who actually play under him in here in more than five minute segments We'll probably definitely feel the same way. So I'm curious to see how he can positively affect Russ. I, I want to see how he's going to be able to utilize Pat Bev. I want to see how he's going to put AD in winning situations on the offensive end. <clears throat> I want to see his big lineups. How will he be able to kind of duplicate what he had with Milwaukee, with Bud, uh, when you had Lopez and Portis and Giannis. Um, LeBron in the Middleton type role, you know, not necessarily the same player, same skill set. But it just, it's just, it's a lot of question marks on this team, and I'm just not ready to answer because we have no idea. But it looks like Russ is going to be invited to go, or, or he's planning on attending the uh, LeBron James minicamp that he does. So that'd be fun to see how that goes. And just seeing him, you know, Russ and Pat embrace. I mean, that's the first sign of, you know, PR move. So right now, man, we're just going to sit back and wait. And I feel like that's all we can do. I can't really judge this team. All I can do is just kind of just, wait day to day move to move and now the KD is sat down somewhere maybe we can get some movement you see you see um, Donovan Mitchell's already shaking things up so we you know I don't want to talk about the Utah thing I don't want to talk about the Pacers thing because that's all we've been talking about that's really what I'm waiting on something to happen but Hulu's legacy documentary on the true LA Lakers story episode 5 drop you know it started off uh, but around the team um, when the Rodney King riots happened and Byron Scott spoke up, calling out of heat for his opinions on the riot. I mean, that's no surprise. That still goes on to this day. And then around 92, you know why this was happening. This is also um, the mainstream emergence of gangster rap. And you start getting guys kind of speaking out against what was going on during those times in a different way than the past. Um, and then the NBA and hip hop, this is where they kind of officially merged. So, you know, you had... Um, when when the bad boy pistons that that's really kind of what that kind of start, but then once you get 
you get that NBA in in um quote gangster rap or just reality rap in that time in LA and a lot of the, the inner cities, it, it became very popular. And the group, you know, you can just see the swag change. And this is my fandom. This is where it started for me. I'm an, I'm an '80s baby, so I I was not you know privileged to watch Magic win those five rings. I was um, unfortunately, but fortunately, old enough to see him lose to Jordan in '91. This is you know these are some of my earliest memories um of, of basketball is watching the Lakers um lose to Mike you know the, this is like some of the things that really molded me and and then it, it, as you as you see and I tell the story all the time back in the day we didn't have TV or cable in every room this is this is a humbling time growing up with your grandparents um and and this is where I grew to love the Lakers because they came on late or they would come on at a time when nobody really watched TV so I would catch the recap. I would catch the games, the LA Lakers versus Supersonics. And those West Coast teams were the teams at Golden State. So I used to love TMC. We're on TMC, you know. So all these West Coast teams that played a little later or they got, you know, I, I got to see their highlights more. Those were I lived and kind of gravitated toward. And then inside the NBA, inside stuff, all these 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 shows that were shown back then. Nick Van Exel drafted in 1993, Eddie Jones drafted in 1994, and then you get Cedric Sabalos who also joined the team. These were, you know, this is where the Lake Show was born. Nick Van Exel coined the phrase Lake Show because we were no longer Showtime. And, and this is now when the Lake Show started. Nick Van Exel was one of my favorite players to this day. I just, I love, I love watching him play. Um, I didn't really, you know, they didn't win a lot. So I really didn't care about winning because I, I wasn't a part of that winning culture of LA yet. You know, that that came later on with Kobe and Shaq. And so my 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 fandom went really on with that guard, those guards, you know, Eddie Jones, you know, it was a fortune when he eventually got traded, but we ain't got there yet. And it was funny because Magic coached the Lakers in 1994 and it was pretty bad. Like they didn't make the playoffs for the first time in like 20, you know, however many years. Um, it, 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 it was really, it was really something, man. And then you got Magic who returned to play in 1995, started this big buzz. Um, you know, after the whole HIV thing, it was behind him. Summer '95, he come out, he comes back, and so in 1996, he's out there playing with us. You know, we get, you know, it, then it became a clash of, you know, Magic wants the ball in his hands more. Nick Van Exel was like, "Oh, you taking the ball out of my hands?" It's kind of, it, it was, it was tough. It was tough. So, which pushes us now as we're finna get ready to go into Divac who got I'm glad Divac got traded that's how you were able to make room to get Shaq and you get Kobe in the draft and now you land Shaq it's a whole lot of weird business moves to get this so now in episode six I'm assuming now we're about to get to the rookie season of Kobe and the in the you know emergence of him and Shaq together so I'm all excited for it I hope you guys if you're interested in those type of things hearing it from the real players not watching it on you know other dramatizations of it here you are. You have it right here in front of your, your eyes on Hulu or wherever you can find this legacy Laker, true Laker um, story. I appreciate you guys checking us out. Hopefully next time we talk, it'll be about a trade because I'm not talking about the Pacers in Utah every day. Shout out to all the Laker fans, Lake Nation, Laker, all of you guys. This is Laker 8216 though, but we'll holler at you later.